<laughs> Welcome. It is Makers of Kings Radio here on News Radio 830 KHVH. Welcome to the broadcast today on this Aloha Wednesday. It is a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for choosing us. Maker of Kings Radio with uh, four incredibly handsome, talented, and knowledgeable gentlemen. And as soon as they arrive, we're going to start the show. I think that would probably be the best way. I think that's fair to do. Yeah, yeah. Let's wait. Let's wait. That might be it. Can you play 24 Karat Magic again? I'll go grab him from the lobby. (laughs) Only if you sing along and continue to dance. Uh, That would would be the highlight. Hey, MOK Radio is on the air right now. I want to introduce all of our friends in studio. And I'm going to go right around the table, but I'm going to start in the center with Jim. Jim, a very good morning. Aloha. And a brief uh, reminder and intro of you, please. Good morning. Um, Jim Keener, global entrepreneur, here to... uh basically discuss conscious capitalism, business principles, and uh, leadership development with our, our good guys in studio. Good morning, Rick. Good morning to you, sir. It's always a pleasure. Thank you. want to head on over to the right with uh, Drew. Would you mind the same, please? What's going on, Rick? Thanks for having us again. Uh, yeah, 31-year-old young entrepreneur trying to spread the mission, just like my father and the rest of these guys in the studio. Excellent. Excellent. Right over here on uh, the right side from where I sit. Rich, would you please? How's it going, uh, Rich Elliott? Um, 33-year-old young entrepreneur and being mentored by Jim Keener right now. Thanks Excellent. for having us today. It is a pleasure. And go and Cubs. Go Cubbies. Ba- oh, go Sox. <laughs> Not after this last series, but anyway. <laughs> hey. Dear friend. I know. we're gonna. Just, I'm going to move right along. That's the other show, Maker of Jacks. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're here for the Kings. <laughs> Jump on in, Corp. Yes, I obviously I'm not an athlete uh, based on my no knowledge of what you guys are talking about. I just make fun of whatever team you like. That's kind of the theory I followed. No, my name is Corey Cazares. I'm apparently not young because I'm 36, which is older than uh, both the other guys. But uh, the Maker Kings radio show is about uh, people just like us. I'm one of those people being made, and I'm excited about it. Love all of this and more. Jim, what's top of mind for Maker of Kings today? Well, I guess, you know, today we're, we should discuss, in my mind, um, excuses. You know, um, why people make excuses on the poor performance and rather than uh, overcoming objections and looking for the solution to the problem, they just make excuses. And um, and then an honest self-assessment of your skill sets. Are you the right person for the job? I think those things would be important. Tremendous. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts, excuses that are made? Anything that comes top of mind with any of our friends? Yeah, I think you have to seek to understand the other person's position before you could determine whether they are in fact Excuses. Mm-hmm. They're and excuses. Are you, are you on the ground? <laughs> we'll be right back after a commercial break. Look, the crickets are alive. The crickets are alive. And that's an excuse. <laughs> Let's give a little backstory now, they, to this. No, <laughs> no, so, but so potentially there can be a discrepancy if you're not on the ground level, right? I mean, just because you're you know in a good position, you're smart, and you understand what goes on, there, it's still different. Ground truth is always different. You see things through a different lens. Well, please provide me some ground truth. Corey, so <laughs> let's give our listeners some background. So this morning we were talking about performance. Performance is measurable. If it's not measurable, you're not performing. You're just shooting and you're spraying and you're praying. So one of the things that Jim has us doing is always critiquing ourselves on our performance. How do you critique it? You measure it. How do you measure it? You create a plan. We talked about this a little bit last episode. So we put together a plan that I hand carried over to Jim's house. I sat down with him. I went over this plan on how to effectively market and get this uh, one of our products to the mass public because we believe in our products. So what's the best? way to get it out there we put together a plan we tried to get this thing rolling and we did we're moving through it but there's always um there's a level of knowledge here that we're all trying to attain and through that through that 
attempt to attain that level of knowledge is, is a lot of critiquing from a higher level. So that's when the excuses come into play. And what it does is it causes you to really look at what are excuses and what are not. So we had a conversation downstairs about why the performance of a certain measured product that we are trying to do or take care of is not measuring up to what our expectations were. Bottom line, why is it not where we thought it would be at this point according to our plan? And that's when it kicks in. Okay, so we have this reason, this reason, this reason. One of the things that Maker of Kings does is it helps you analyze whether it's a reason or an excuse. And that's what we're talking about today. That's why Jim so poignantly and so softly brought it up. <laughs> so <laughs> gently. Yeah. So, okay, with that, like he, we laid out a critical path forward and plan to execute. And the thing that he, as a mentor and a leader, is to make sure that we don't do is switch to our contingency too fast, right? Are we fully carrying out our goal? Or are we just looking at excuses on why we need to, to switch courses of action? So he's just making sure and holding us accountable to, to stay to our, you know, our desired path that we created mm-hmm. and then switch when it's absolutely necessary, not prematurely. The process is plan, do, review, right? So you set the plan, you, do, you execute the game plan, then you review the game plan. And the biggest mistake young, entre- young entrepreneurs make is they don't cross the finish line before they pivot to a contingency plan. So in this type of scenario, they they didn't do what was laid out prescriptively. They, they're looking to pivot. And what they're doing is they're mistaking motion for progress. They're saying, we're busy, we're, we're getting all these things done, but none of the critical things that need to be done are being done to my liking, right? So they're actually getting done, but they're not getting done to my likely. And so every time we have an obstacle or something pop up, it's, it's pivot, let's develop a reason instead of do a better job, right? If you do a better job of selling, it's the difference between being an order taker and selling. If you're, if you're just taking orders, you just stand in McDonald's window, people pull up, give you their order, you, you take it, and you go, look how good, I've, I've sold 40,000 hamburgers. Well, you've actually just taken the order from people who already knew what they wanted, right? That's the opposite. So what we're looking to do is have an informed client make a decision and to give them the information that they need to make the buying decision. And what I'm, what I'm struggling with is making sure that we're getting our reps, making sure that our message is getting across effectively and making sure that they're giving, being given an offer rather than just discussing price. So, so a, a great analogy that I could use would be like something like weight loss, right? Let's say that my goal is to lose a pound a week, right? So I know that I need to displace, displace 3,500 calories a day. And let's say every day I'm tracking my, my um, progress. Well, if one day I'm like I are fall short of that five hundred or five hundred calorie goal, well then I can't say I need to cut more calories if I'm not actually following the plan that I laid out. And so that's one thing he's here to make sure that happens. Mm-hmm. And excuses are generated from people that you know don't have the proper goal setting and path, and that's what we see all the time. For every problem that comes along, there's a solution. It's whether you want to find it or not. And that's, that's generated with a plan, and it's something Jim always harps on us about is, okay, where's your plan? Have you set the goal? Have you set your critical path? Without that, you're never going to achieve anything because what are you trying to achieve? Uh, we, I think every, every day it's, I, I get it from him, which is great because he holds us accountable <laughs> and makes sure that we're hitting targets and we're going after the targets and we're going after the proper target. And when it comes time to execute that contingency, we already know what we have to do. It's just doing it, and at at that point, our goals can be achieved. And I I think every time we walk in, I know I walk into the office, and you know, no one brings me problems anymore. Nobody, you know, everyone in our office is understand we're solution based. You know, there's no excuses. It's not acceptable. It's about getting it done, getting it done in the prescribed time that you've told me it's going to get done. And then if you're having trouble, we can work through the problem. You know, we can go through our pace plan. 
And pace is huge <laughs> for us. You know, primary, alternate, contingency, and emergency plan. We have that in everything, everything we do. I would like to get a definition of term. Excuse, explanation. Is there a differentiation between the two? And if there is, what would that be, Jim? Well, I mean, I think that an explanation is is your reasoning um, behind why you're not effective. But at the end of the day, you're in place to be effective. And it's either a planning error, it's either a processing error, or it's a it's one of the process one of the processes are broken, and that gives us an opportunity to fix that process. But um, typically, what you're going to find is their belief system's not in alignment with the product that they're selling. Like they don't understand it, or they there's some fuzziness or cloudy views. And as a result, they, they have an inability to effectively communicate the mission, the goal, the product, or the service. And so clarity of purpose helps solve that problem. I think it, just from as I'm listening is that when you do the analysis as to why the process wasn't followed, what part of that process was broken, when you come back with an analysis and the explanation, how that cannot be construed as an excuse. In other words, there there has to be a direction of what that statement is, sure, and to effectively act on it, Rich. Yeah, and I think I think a big thing on that would be when we're sitting down to talk, um, an explanation of why you weren't successful to overcome an obstacle is different than just presenting an explanation of why it didn't get done. So a lot of times we want to hear people's problems, their struggles, because we want to use those as learning curves to be able to make sure that everyone doesn't run hit those same roadblocks. But the way it's positioned is I did this, I did this, I did this. It didn't work, but I pivoted. I went this route. It's completely different than just coming up and saying, well, here's my explanation why the goal wasn't achieved. Mm -hmm. And it's like, hmm, okay, we haven't exhausted all of our resources. Have we gone to the plan? Have we gone to our alternate? Have we gone to our contingency? And that's what we want to see. That's the conversation you want to hear. Well, I think we should apply this to politics. I mean, wouldn't it be amazing to have this? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> My goodness. Easy piece. Politics is not a job. <laughs> well, it's an adventure. It is an adventure. Sounds fun. Uh, we are dialed in together. It is Maker of Kings Radio. And we'll be back with more in just a moment. Stand by. As promised, it is Maker of Kings Radio. Glad you're with us. It is uh, a wonderful morning to where we can get together have a chat, get to learn, and I'm going to talk specifically to those who are entrepreneurs in the world of business, but also those who are seeking direction and a pathway in life. Because after reading uh, Jim's Constitution, the tenets that you lay out, Jim, are are a guideposts for life, not simply business, although that application is remarkable. Correct. Well, I mean, the idea behind the Constitution was to lay a framework for which I would live my life and the boys, how they would be given an example to follow. And each one of the boys have put together the Constitution and we follow the Constitution. It's a, it's a guidepost on how we live our life. It's how we treat people. It's how we conduct our business. And um, we feel that with a, a set of boundaries, it gives us the parameters and the, the strength in the, in the structure of the deal in order for us to really grow and reach our full potential. So that's the overall objective for the Constitution, is lay the framework to reach your full potential. I'd like to open it up, gentlemen, just jump in at any time, but what it also outlines is something that you all mentioned earlier. It has to do about accountability. Accountability seems to be an element that has been muted and suppressed and excused, now that we're back to excuses. How important is it that truthful, honest accountability is applied in all that we do? 
I'll take that one. (laughs) Absolutely. I think it goes back to accountability and expectations can go hand in hand. Accountability is knowing what you're supposed to do and doing what you're supposed to do. Setting expectations is making sure the other party knows what you're supposed to do and knowing that you're doing what you're supposed to do. Setting expectations for me and my business has been one of the greatest understandings I was able to come into is just knowing that you can have a terrible transaction or a wonderful transaction. Either way, if the expectations are set, you can have a successful transaction, no matter which way it goes, because those terms are, you can define those terms on either side of the table, whether it was good or bad, right? They talk about a lot, creating win-win situations. If it's not a win-win, we're not going to do it. There doesn't have to be a winner and a loser in a transaction. It's not a, it's not a scale. You don't pull from one side and the other side, you know, sinks. It's, it's a win-win situation. And you can do that by setting people's expectation. What the constitution allows you to do is tell people what they can expect from you. So you're not exactly leaning on their intellect to pick it up on their own. You're not asking them to draw their own conclusions. You're not selling anything. You're telling them, this is what you can expect from me, whether or not my product is for you or not. I think it helps set expectations on both sides of the table. It also brings a different uh, theater or a different environment into that transaction. When it comes and it starts on a personal, honest level, then I think it changes the tone of that transaction as well. So that's what it is for me. It's, it's it, the, the term I like to use is just expectations and being able to define those. <clears throat> and so without accountability, you can never have a accurate self-assessment and without an accurate self-assessment like how do you actually grow you know so if you don't you don't have a a building block or a goal to chase then you have no way to actually get better i talk about you know coaching coaching during during the game and teaching during practice and so at our meetings we have agendas and we we go over specific things that we're, we're, we're talking about and we, that's the teaching phase. And then during the actual operation, when things are going on, then you coach, you, you can't, you can't coach during practice and you can't teach during the game. You have to coach during the game and teach at practice. And so the honest self-assessment is basically a lot of people will say, Oh, these are my strengths. And then when you vet those strengths out, they're actually not their strength. They're just what they do. They have tremendous strengths doing other things. Mm-hmm. So if you look in these guys with these guys in the in studio, you're going to say, "What is your greatest strength?" And they'll tell you what they think their greatest strength in is. And then if you ask me, I'll probably give you a different outcome of what I believe their greatest strength is, because I draw on my experience and in being in business and dealing with all the personalities associated with that. I know what their potential looks like five, ten years down the road, and they know what their potential looks like right now. So that differentiation really gives you a different perspective. Right. right and yeah. um oh sorry, good. Yeah. Superpower. What's your superpower? <laughs> I asked that. What's your superpower? Yeah. Exactly. No, so, so one of the things that I'm so so blessed to have a father like him is that when I was you know, ten years old, he's always given me an accurate depiction of who I am and where I really stand. Not like just because I love you so much and you're my son that I think you're just the greatest thing. No. I had the, <laughs> the ground truth of where I stood in every way. For example, I remember as a kid having like one of the best basketball games of my life, played against one one of the best Teams in the state of the game of my life, right? Mm-hmm. But the first thing that he said is like, you were lazy on defense. You were kind of dragging in the fourth quarter. But what that did is regardless of that's the best game of my life, I still had all these shortfalls. And he truly let me know where I stood. And I carried that all throughout my life. And as a man, it's helped me achieve every goal I've ever set out to do. And I think that's, that's an affirmation of it because this was years ago. Sure. And it sounds like it's as vivid now as when it took place at the time of that game. Right. And then to truly know where you stand, that helps you with goals because you don't you're not shooting for the stars, you're being realistic. I mean, it's great to have a high target that's hard to obtain, right? But you got to be realistic. And by you actually knowing where you stand in the grand scheme of things, it makes you able to set goals that are within your realm of capability. I'm going to jump in very quickly only because there are people that are dialed in right now that are probably nodding their heads. 
but they may not have the mentorship. They may not have a support system. They literally are unilateral in what they're pursuing and what they're doing. What's the recommendation, the advice that you give to folks that can use that outside set of eyes, a learned, caring set of eyes that will assist them and help them along in making the improvements that are necessary? That your natural instincts are wrong. I can't and all these other excuses that you're always going to put forth, they're absolutely wrong. And you need somebody who's going to push you. You need that disruptor, that friend who's going to be there to be like, no, you're wrong. Absolutely not. You can do it. You should do it. Stop making excuses why you can't do it. I agree. A pattern interrupt. Break their pattern and give them a different alternative approach and, and literally be completely honest with them and upfront and don't hold back because it does nobody any good. Yeah. And if you're dialed in, please, let's let's take a look at what we've discussed thus far with excuses, now accountability. And we got to get another word in there, which is rationalization. And that's something that can be very destructive. Yeah. I think when, when since I've been working with these guys, it's um, the uncomfortability. So many people don't want to be uncomfortable. And that's something everyone that we're around, that we're a part of, we make them uncomfortable to grow. Uh, no one wants to be in that uncomfortable place, um, but they understand the value in it. Then they'll actually want to be there and they want to sit there and see how long they can sit there for because they see the growth. They see the process. I've seen it with three or four people that we've been working and we, we push them every single day. We push them every single day. Jim pushes myself every single day. He pushes Andrew every day. He pushes Corey every day. And you know he's pushing you, but you also have to want it. If you don't want it, it, it does nothing. Yeah. If you don't have the buy-in. Yeah, but you, that push is also coming from a place where people understand the where it's derived from. Unfortunately, there are people that consider themselves bosses, more of a dictatorial do-as-I-say, and that direction isn't coming from a place of nurturing and uh, you know, prayerful, you know, success. It's impossible yeah. to learn to uh, if you're not ready to embrace your criticism and your criticizer. I think we live in a in a comment based uh, society. The prolific nature of social media allows you to be faceless and say whatever you want to whoever you want, whenever you want, without consequence. So we get in this this society where we we like to fight people who are criticizing us. That's the natural path. If you can't hear criticisms coming your way and use them as analytical or dismiss them if it's dismissible, it's going to be difficult to grow. We're dialed in. It is Maker of Kings Radio, and this is the program that is designed to inform, educate, advocate, but also to inspire and also to give an alternative to perhaps how folks are taking care of their lives, both personally and professionally. When we return, we're going to learn exactly how you can connect with the Maker of Kings, and we'll do that coming right up. Maker of Kings, it is right here on News Radio 830 KHVH. Thank you again for being with us as we continue on. And uh, ask uh, Drew, contact information, how can folks connect? Listeners can call us at 808-202-2922, or they can inquire on social media via Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And all under Maker of Kings. And makerofkings.com. There we go. Now, what we also would like to do is have those who are dialed in right now, if you have a particular issue, if you have a particular concern, if you're in business, an entrepreneur, growing, expanding, or you're established and uh, have more on your plate than perhaps you believe you can handle, whatever the scenario is, we can reach out, Drew. Is that correct? And Absolutely. we can share those stories and share those concerns. Absolutely. All right. We'll do that. We were talking about bosses and perception and all of this a uh, little bit uh, before the break. I'm going to jump back over to Rich. Rich, uh, you were relating just a little bit of personal about how this component is so important to what you're doing today. Oh yeah, so there's 
two actually items we were talking about was uh, transactional versus transformational leader. So two, one, you're getting a buy-in from an individual um, by showing them and they're following you. They want to follow you. Um, then the transactional portion of it is I'm asking something for you so you get this. Drew and I were talking about it last week, two weeks ago. He's uh, he's still going to school for business, and so he likes to provide some information, and then we debate about it, talk about it. Um, and it's every, every person that is part of your team you have to deal with differently. You know, if you if you truly want the buy-in from the individual, how are you going to get their buy-in? Um, and it's different every stretch of the imagination. Um, people are working for different things, but um, you want them all to be working towards the same goal. It's just how you're going to get bring the best out of them. Um, and I'm assuming Drew could touch base a little bit on the I was going to say, how do you do that? that? Yeah, yeah, so <clears throat> it's funny is because um, like the old alpha style leadership where it's like, do what I say, might is right. If you don't perform, then we're going to let you go. Well, the beta business is empowering those people. And are, are you up for the task of making people achieve their goals when they're not performing? And how good are you as a leader at that point? It's, too, it's easy to just have top performers all the time, right? Like you can go out, pay a higher salary, acquire the best talent, but for, if you actually care about the people, then you'll help them believe in your system and you'll help them believe in themselves and rise to the occasion. But there's, there's that differentiation between the spoken word and action. Sure. And uh, I'm going to turn to Jim, and, and <clears throat> if you don't mind for a moment, and that is, as the leader of men, how does that bind, how is that achieved? What practical yes. sense is Well, there's four here? principles that we follow. So trust is in our business predictability behavior. So when you're identifying an individual who's a candidate for employment, that's the first thing we follow is can we predict his behavior, yes or no? And then it's trustworthiness, which is your character and your competence. Who are you when I'm not looking? And how well you know what you say you know. And we have meetings and we, we meet the spouse, the family, when we're doing uh, any type of bringing anybody on board. Our onboarding process requires us to sit down with the family and have a discussion. And I've had people um, say, hey, that's not a good idea. I don't like the fact that you want to meet my wife, my family. And what they fail to realize is in business, when we lose an employee, it costs us 30% of our overall investment in that individual. So we want to make sure that we're onboarding and bringing on the right players. And so that trustworthiness comes through that process. And then at the uh, managerial level, with as Rich is describing, is empowerment phase. Is, is he providing the tools, training, resources, and support to the individual in order for them to reach their desired outcome based on our time management program? Hmm. So we use um, a block scheduling format in order to make sure that we have the ability to hold people accountable. We set clear specific targets, revenue targets, personal targets. We have uh, an outline of their goals, making sure their goals are specific, measurable, timely, and relevant. And we go through this process. And then the overall, what we're really discussing is our alignment principle, which is uh, overall, are we in alignment and are we working towards the same outcome? And if we are in alignment, then you have the relative buy-in that you need. Once you have the buy-in that you need, then they develop the passion for the product or their purpose. They discuss their why, and then they discuss how they can achieve the desired outcome working in conjunction with your team. So in a nutshell, that pretty much sums up what we do, how we do it. The four principles of trust, trustworthiness, empowerment, alignment, and then the ways we go about accomplishing the desired outcome. Gentlemen, I'll turn it over to you uh, as you are on this path together of what Jim has just outlined. And I'm hopeful that the folks that are dialed in right now are listening, are jotting down this information and having, uh, again, I'll use the word guidepost here. But gentlemen, I'll open up uh, to whomever would like to jump on in. Thoughts and reactions. So I get, <laughs> every week I get, 
new learning points with this guy next to me, and it's my father. And um, I remember about a year ago, we had an employee who was, I would, he'd be considered like a problem child, okay? And then we were like, wow, like, what are we doing? Why don't we just let him go? And then he's like, he, he challenged me, my dad did, and he was like, well, are you the right stuff? Because attitude reflects leadership. So obviously there's something going down. And then you know what I did? I took a knee. I'm like, okay, you're absolutely right. Because the easy path would be to be like, okay, let him go. But are, am I up for the challenge as well? And how good am I as a leader? Right. That's yeah. the question that, that he probes. And I think Rich put it pretty, uh, really well. I think it was during the commercial break. Getting somebody to want what you want, not do what you want, would be the, the, the way that it's summed up best for me. And if you get somebody to want what you want, then you're not worried about the disciplinary action and the, you know, the, the refinement of character and all that good stuff because you're, you're in alignment. So I think that final principle falls into that. Get them to want what you want. Help them to understand why you want what you want so they want it as well. And then you kind of circumvent a lot of that drama, if you will. Mm-hmm. A part of it, too, just very quickly, is that when we talk about unrest or we talk about uh, employees, staff, and other team members who may not be satisfied, who are distancing, and all, where do you usually find the source of that? A lot of folks will assume, I'm not being paid enough money. Sure. I, I'm not being paid. Mm-hmm. But I find in conversations, it's about respect. It's 100%. about, am I respected for what I do, the time that I'm dedicating, and the efforts that I'm putting forward, and the accomplishments that I'm creating? Are you valued, and is it your plan or is it my plan? And that's something we work on all the time. Um, when you're looking at, how, you know, we were talking in the break is, you know, what is your force multiplier? How many people will follow you? Jim is incredible at this. I mean, you have 47 businesses, and he still takes time to be able to answer my phone call every single time I call him throughout the day. So what what can you do to allow people to grow and grow within themselves? Because when they grow, you grow. Mm-hmm. And the people below them start to grow. So you ask the right question. Yep. You ask. You get their why. You want their passion, their purpose to align, and you really ask the right question. You know, we're looking to find the best and brightest people to work with us. Right. Mm-hmm. It's there's no shortage of opportunity. Um, personnel or talent is is a product that people don't look at as as human capital, like I do. Mm-hmm. I think human capital is more value more valuable than financial capital. You'll hear me say that several times. The reality is, is that if you have the right players and you have the right systems, the right processes, you can go into any industry and you can dominate that industry. So it's about aligning the right players with their passion, their purpose, and we get an alignment principle together. We focus on the desired outcome. We put our product forth and the market decides who wins and who loses. I love this, by the way. This is so, it's such an enriching conversation. And again, the transcending of business, but it's so applicable. Absolutely. So applicable, yet it's also life. True. So to touch on what Rich was saying, one thing that he'll, he'll never say is that, okay, so he's in high regard, okay? There's a ton of people who want to do deals and stuff, but he takes the time to meet with everybody. And I, last year we were at a meeting with somebody in my mind, like, I don't believe that you're worthy of your time, to be honest. And that you, can, you know, that's not the that's a polite thing to say. But then he was like, son, one thing you got to understand is, Regardless, I'm going to bring some kind of value to this conversation, to this person's life. And I was like, well, what are you gaining? So, I mean, at that time, I think I was like a level two giver. There's three levels. There's the one, number number one, where it's the primitive, ah, everything's for me. Two, treat people who don't want to be treated, meaning it's like transactional, right? So I give you something, you give me something in return. And there's level three where you get, com- you get complete satisfaction in just giving and expect nothing in return. And that's where he's at. And him and Rich also helped me get to that level three. Well, I don't need to receive that thing, in re- or I don't need reciprocation. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a profound statement, because business, in the minds of many, 
Business equals profit. Success in business is profitability, is enriching and building and growing and expanding and dominating and all this. And the message today is start with the human being. Sure. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's where it is. It's success, but it's not fulfillment, right? So there's where you, you miss. That's why you see these, these actors, these wealthy individuals who are unhappy. I mean, I know more unhappy millionaires than probably anybody who have all the money in the world. They have the beautiful house, the car, the wife, the kids, everything, and they're miserable mm-hmm. because they're just chasing the next dream. That's all it is. And you know what I found is you climb the ladder of success. You think you had it all figured out. You have everything that you've, you've always wanted, and you realize that you're not happy. Then what? So then you find, like I find my value in adding value in everybody else's life, and that's my fulfillment, right? I can sit down with somebody who who can't do anything for me, and that's completely fine, and uh, you know, enrich their life, add value to their business, and and send them on the way with some great advice that's actionable intelligence that they can use as ground truth that day and make a difference that day and fix it that day. And uh, when I sit down with Rich. Similar situation, right? If I can't add value, why would you want to do business with me anyway, right? So I have no shortage of individuals that want to do business with me. It's just I got to pick and choose the ones that I that I can make the greatest impact and um, not just make the most income. So, yeah. but it's that reciprocity, that win-win. That, sure. That's that's at the core. You were talking before about even with some of your team mm-hmm. about what their potential is, about where are you now and where <laughs> do you see yourself going. And when you apply these principles and the pragmatism of it, when you interact and affect individuals, how has that, how have you seen that not just grow from where you were, but how that success is manifested? Uh, the success is finding, first of all, somebody's buying. Like, why, why do they want to be part of us? Why do they want to be part of the team? Um, and you can grow off of that. So, for example, in the office today, I was speaking with one, one of the guys that's been in the industry for 30 years. You know, but he wants to be able to grow himself to be able to manage more people. But he's never had anyone take the time. I shouldn't say take the time because Jim's skill set um, is very vast and his knowledge base is great. I'm extremely pr- privileged to have him as a mentor to be able to teach me these things to teach somebody else. So we sat down and, you know, what, what's your capacity? Well, he, he's looking at it as a boss mentality of how many people can I instruct and tell them what to do, how to do it, and micromanage them. Well, you can, your capacity is only so great. You can 10, 12 guys and then you're pretty much tapped out at that point. Unless you don't want to sleep, then you could probably hit 15, 16, and then you're done. Who Um, needs sleep? (laughs) Sleep is for babies. (laughs) Um, But, or you could teach them how to teach other individuals to have the buy-in, to lay out the foundation, to lay out the path, and let them go down their path with, I always call it the gutters, like we're going bowling. All right, we're going to keep them down the straight and narrow. They might go left and right, but that's their learning curve. That's where they find the growth. That's where they understand how then they can grow themselves and understand the process as well. Um, so we sat that out, sat and laid out, you know, a macro schedule and micro schedule. And then how do you lead them down the micro schedule so then they can start developing the macro schedule and how do you lead them down that path? So I was taught, I learned, and now I'm teaching somebody else and I'm learning more through that process. And he's going to do the same thing. And then he's going to come back to me and ask questions. And then if I can't ha- answer him, then I'm going to go back to Jim. And I'm going to get those, and it's just going to be a trickle down of knowledge. But that's um, that's growth within an individual. And everyone thinks a lot of times on the technician level, it's a skill set. You know, I need to be able to – Yeah, I remember I was going downstairs one day, and the guys were trying to challenge each other to see how many times it took them to swing a hammer, you know, to hit a nail in. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, two. I was like, great. Well, 
awesome. You're going to be the greatest. Use a nail gun. I almost wanted to be like, boop. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, and, and that's their mindset. But that, that's the way a technician is always going to learn. Like, what's their force multiplier? They're going to, oh, two swings rather than three. Like, no. What, what about having people that want the same thing that are all going to hammer the nail at the same time and do it at the same pace and do it on the same system and process to grow together. And that's that's the fascinating part is because, as you outlined earlier, everybody's an individual. Everybody has their own different this set. To be able to harness, and maybe that's not the right word, harness, to inspire that will reach what that internal trigger is for different individuals. Sure. That's it's the opposite. Amazing. Control is the opposite. It's like the authoritarian yeah. paradigm control. We're in the release, not in the control. Right. We're in the alignment, not in the authoritarian paradigm where I'm a positional leader. I'm your boss. You do what I say because I say it rather than this was what needs to be done. Raise your hand. Who wants to take on these tasks and who's going to be the best, most effective person to accomplish the outcome? Excellent. Drew, I'm, we're going to take a short break here in a moment and then return with uh, Maker of Kings Radio. But I know in our conversations that you're actively pursuing and seeking folks to be a part of your team. Uh, is this still something that we would like to uh, have a conversation about? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For, for Hand Dandy Hawaii, we're definitely yeah. looking for veterans who, who want to be a part of a meaningful team and have the same camaraderie that they had in the service mm-hmm. and operating in the home care space. And share a little bit about uh, what you're hopeful to, who you're hopeful to reach and how can they reach out to you and contact you. Yeah, so anybody who's thinking about getting out and they want to stay in the Hawaii area and they're trying to figure out that next step, we have a recruitment page at handyandyhawaii.com and you could read a little bit about us and there's a call to action on there as well as a place you could submit your resume. Excellent. You know what? I'm going to start with a word when we come back that maybe we can all chat about. The word is legacy. And we'll do that with our friends here in studio. And we're delighted that you're part of it today. Here on Maker of Kings, it is on AMA 30 KHVH. Maker of Kings Radio is right here, and you are as well. Thank you for being with us, and we'll be together Wednesdays at this time. There's a word that I like to share with our gentlemen in studio based not only on what we've discussed today, but also on life principle, and that is the role, the importance, the significance of legacy. Whoever would like to jump in. Well, legacy to me is, I mean, you can make money, you could make uh, profits, you can build businesses, but overall, what do you want them to say? It's your funeral, right? Uh, To me, it's more important to make a difference than to make a million. And if you've made a million and you're not fulfilled, then you understand exactly what I'm talking about. But if you make a difference, if you impact others, if you focus on the the development of individuals, you you build build your empire based on building people, and it's a win-win deal, then you'll leave your legacy. Excellent. Wouldn't you agree that when you're actually leaving a legacy, that the monetary measures will come as a byproduct? If you're shooting for monetary, I mean, I'm looking for impact over income. I think the way we've been doing business for the past 60, 70 years is is wrong. I think the 21st century business model is upon us. I don't believe people understand that. I think that they're still trading in the old ways. Um, Plumbing companies, construction companies, automotive dealerships are all running the way they've ran for the past 50 years. Um, if you remove the internet, they're the exact same business as they were in 1945. So if you add the internet as an overlay, you see there are new bells and whistles, but it's the same system, same process, the same problems. And this is the greatest opportunity in, in my lifetime at being alive right now. Uh, life has never been better. Times are good. And the opportunity is greater than it's ever been. And I think people that are sitting back and waiting for a better time are foolish. 
it's now or never, and there's never been a better time to go out and, and hit that home run or to make that next million dollars. Uh, yeah, the, the unique thing is that the biggest demographic, the biggest buying demographic right now is the millennials, and they're causals, right? So they'll align with the legacy principles. Not only do you have to compete with other companies for price, it's about what do you stand, what do you, what is your value proposition? What do you believe in? And so the, the days of just matching price are done. The word causals tips into something that has been important for me over the last couple of years. And we explained, I was talking with my wife about it the other day, and we explained it like this. It, we were looking at a hill in front of us, our proverbial hill for our life, if you would, and we wouldn't be able to settle at 500 feet above sea level. Going up that hill, we knew there was something up on top of that hill. 500 feet above sea level on the front side of that hill was where we were at, and we weren't comfortable there. We wanted to be at 2,000, right? We got to 2,000. We saw what the money felt like. We saw what the, you know, the, the, all of that lifestyle brings, people knowing who you are, that kind of stuff. And we're happy to settle at 500 feet above, or feet above sea level on the other side of that hill because we've seen what's up there. And then on the other side of it, it's the same altitude, but we had to go to the top to realize that that's not what brought us happiness. And I think that's what causal reflects for me is because the happiness comes from fulfillment, mm -hmm. from something other than monetary, monetary compensation or anything that monetary compensation can bring, i.e., you know, the jet skis and the boats and the cars and all of that good stuff. Some of that stuff still hangs around, but we're at the same altitude above sea level we were before we climbed the hill. But we had to climb the hill to, fall, to, to find out what our cause was and to find out what our why was. And the why is what keeps you happy at whatever altitude you're at. What is everybody's why? May I ask before we go, what is the why for everyone in the room? Well, my why is is to live, love, learn, and leave a legacy. Like I always say to everybody I work with, I work for you. Uh, I, I take more of a servant leadership approach. I'm very active, but I work real hard for them and I spend my time um, for them and I talk about my grandkids and I'm working for their grandkids because my grandchildren will have me in their life. Their grandchildren probably won't. And so the legacy that I want to leave behind is make an impact, put people before profits, and then let the cards fall where <clears> they may. Gentlemen? So my family to me is the most important thing in the world. And one of the ways that I could showcase how grateful I am for the way I was raised is, you know, be the best I can be in whatever way that is. And so when I'm doing something, when I'm setting, you know, high goals and trying to achieve them, I think about them. And if I achieve this, it's just another notch of making them proud and making them feel like they, you know, went about, went about raising me the correct way. We've talked about mine on this show before as well, I know, but changing the way of a veteran looks 20 years from now. Right now, the veteran community isn't the most looked up to community. 22 of us are taking ourselves out every single day. We're depressed. We're, we have PTSD. We're homeless. There's a lot of us who are doing very, very well, but the majority of our community, as looked at from general society, is not the most uplifting thing, and I'm looking to change that over the next 20 years. Providing positive employment with upward mobility is a way we can do that. Real estate was a way we can do that. Any way that we can be effective in that mission is a way I'm going to be involved. I want to give Rich a shot. We have just a few seconds, but top of mind with you, Rich. Yeah, family, friends, and your team just adding value. You know, giving people opportunities that they never thought they could achieve. Um, and by doing that, by growing them, I mean, it makes you feel great. Um, and just providing opportunity for people is huge. You know, you look at your family, where they're at, and what you can know. Uh, look at in five, 10 years and, and look back in the mirror and be proud of what you've done. Excellent. Gentlemen, I can't thank you enough. Drew, before we go, where do we reach out? How do we connect? Uh, you could reach us at makerofkings.com and through there it has links to our social media accounts. And then you can also call us at 808-202-2922. Gentlemen, can't wait till the next time. Mahalo awesome. and you. aloha.